Hi, it's Puno, and you're listening to Girl Boss Radio. So, um, today we're gonna be talking a little bit about cannabis. When we started brainstorming for the season of Girl Boss, I said there's three things I want to talk about: lifestyle businesses, fibroids, and cannabis. So here we go. <laughs> well. We're not actually going to be talking about cannabis specifically. We're going to be talking to Victoria Ashley, who is the founder of Laundry Day, which is a smoking accessories company that's intersecting the categories of cannabis, lifestyle, and home decor. I actually met Victoria on Instagram. She wrote me like the sweetest email and wanted to collaborate with my cat, Mwadib. You should check out Mwadib the cat. You'll get why. But yeah, our friendship started on Instagram. And even though she's in Victoria and I was in Los Angeles, we would just DM and text and get on a call and talk about business. And I really wanted to share her story and talk about my relationship with her because I wanted to show how women, how founders can really help each other. This is an example of why asking for help and being transparent about your business as opposed to acting like you've got everything figured out is sometimes what you need for the next step in your business. This episode is full of goodies in here because I'm pretty intimate with her business. So we really got into the nitty gritty. And you know what, that's just something I love to do. FYI, this conversation was actually an hour and a half, but we had to trim it down. So if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear an extended version, let us know on Instagram or at podcast at girlboss.com and maybe we'll release an extended uh, version. But don't worry, we still have a very amazing episode for you. And actually, if you are in a location where you can legally light up or um, eat (laughs) and you want a little low-dough entertainment, then uh, you do you, okay? Because getting high and listening to a podcast is pretty productive in my book. All right, let's get into it. Victoria. Who know? <laughs> you came all the way from Victoria. Yeah, it's Canada. It's all like one one big place. Thanks for flying down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so tell me, what is Laundry Day? It's not about laundry. Not about laundry. Not at all. Laundry Day is a line of design forward smokeware and home decor. So I like to say I design pieces to enhance your mood and space. The first line of products started with cannabis accessories. So pipes that also double as home decor and are just cute. Yeah, it's so cute. I don't know if any of you guys smoke a little pot, but it's like these gorgeous glassware with lots of good colors. It's important. Yeah, It's not swirly, no, penis looking. <laughs> Not phallic. So how long ago did you start Laundry Day? I started Laundry Day about three years ago now, in 2018, I think. And I decided to start leatherworking as a little craft. Yeah. And How old were you again? I would have been 
22 okay at the time 21 or 22 yeah and I ended up putting a picture up on Facebook and a local coffee shop owner saw the picture of this little mason jar and asked if he could have some for his shop. And so immediately I was stoked to just make my money back on my tools and I could start selling this stuff. The community there is really supportive. I think the average age is like 32. It's all small businesses. There's no franchises allowed there. Allowed? Um, yeah, it's a really supportive, awesome community, a great place to start a business and figure your stuff out. And so at what point did you go from leather making to making pipes for cannabis? <laughs> <laughs> what a transition. I know. So after launching the leather working brand, the brand was called Good Prospects. Then we started Merge, which is the storefront space. And during that time, I had been experiencing health issues. I had an IUD and it was causing me a lot of problems for about three years. Oh. And I kept going to the doctors and no one knew what was wrong with me. Symptoms were really similar to Crohn's or colitis, a lot of digestive issues. And it was really wearing on my mental and physical health. But every time I would go to the doctor, they literally would tell me just to take stronger Advil. And I just started using cannabis. My boyfriend had a stash and he had his old pipe. And it was the only thing that could help me sleep at night. It was the only thing that would alleviate my pain without having to take Advil. That probably went on for about three years. At the time, no one was talking about it. It was still really stigmatized. And especially women. If someone found out, even if a friend or a peer found out that I smoked, it was always so shocking. Yeah. And they couldn't believe, oh, you smoke weed? Did you always smoke cannabis? No. So my my dad's a cop. Hi, dad. Oh. <laughs> and my mom's a nurse. So I wouldn't say like a strict household, but that wasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was, wouldn't have been okay. And is medical marijuana legal in Canada? Cannabis has been legalized for a few years now across the board. So it's not just medical. I remember being in high school and just feeling so stupid, not knowing what to even ask. You're like, okay, wait, in the couch? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's the thing. You didn't even know what you were smoking. And yeah. it, the whole experience was so disconnected and it was yeah, just unapproachable and unfriendly. And we, I think some people still have had such bad experiences with cannabis because of the lack of education around it that they've totally written it off for themselves. Mm -hmm. And for me, when I decided to start using it again as for pain relief and as a sleep aid, it was something that was a bit scary for me because my experiences in the past weren't great. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When we were growing up in high school or in college, it was always about smoking as much as you can, which mm -hmm. is always so exactly. dumb. When I was in college, I knew I was a low dough kind of girl, <laughs> low dosage, by the way. But I didn't know until after a few times of eating edibles or smoking too much that I even knew what my preference was. Mm -hmm. Even if you go to a shop today, you'll see like a pack of something and it's got a hundred milligrams of THC in it, which by the way is way too, That's much. too much. That's too much. When we're saying microdose, I would say a 2.5 milligram mm -hmm. is nice. Pleasant. That's the equivalent to smoking a puff of a joint is about 2.5 mm -hmm. milligrams. Mm -hmm. You're so right. I think that Growing up, it was so much about like, how much can you handle? And you want to impress the people around you and you don't want to, you don't want to seem like you can't handle it. Yeah. It's such a touchy subject even right now mm -hmm. because in the U.S. it's not federally legal. In California, it's legal, but I think that there definitely is still a stigma of it, but you have a different experience of smoking that you felt like needed to be out there. Yeah. So when I had finally come to terms with my relationship and decided I was going to celebrate. This is going to be something that I'm going to honor. I 
I'm gonna stop smoking my boyfriend's stash. I'm gonna get my own weed. I'm gonna get my own pipe. And I was so excited. And Tofino is about a three hour drive from the nearest like city. And so I took a day off and I drove three hours and my plan was I am gonna go get a pipe. And I walked into a smoke shop called Rasta Troll. <laughs> <laughs> so on brand. I kind of, <laughs> I was like, let me guess, is it Rasta yeah. Troll? Yeah. <laughs> And soon as I walked in the door, my heart was beating. I felt so uncomfortable. I blushed. I was red. Looking around, I didn't know where to start. I didn't feel like I could ask any questions. They're looking at me like Bed Bath & Beyond's around the corner. You just walked into the wrong store. And I just, I, you can't pick anything up. Everything's under glass. And it just felt really unapproachable. And again, I, I just felt embarrassed being in there. And I felt like it wasn't the place for me. I ended up just quickly purchasing like the first thing I saw and leaving and already wanting to hide it under my bed. Mm. And I knew in that moment, I wanted to create something that from start to finish felt entirely different from when you find the brand or find the product, walk into the store, if that's a digital space and you feel welcome and you feel like you can ask questions about it and you feel like it's, you're not, you shouldn't be ashamed. One of the things that I knew right away that was gonna be really important was being found in spaces that weren't that. That was my first experience buying that piece and that's what prompted the whole concept of I can't be the only person feeling this way and there has to be another way for this. What year was this? Because there is a moment when cannabis mm -hmm. companies just really started popping mm -hmm. up everywhere. I think this was probably around 2016, 2017. Mm -hmm. And yeah, at the time there wasn't really anything. I think the only other brand that was doing something that... Um, I really admire was Summerland Ceramics and they make the, they make beautiful bongs. I'm not, a, I don't use bongs. So I just it's too much, it's too much for me. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, I can't. For the Lodo girl. <laughs> yeah. The Lodo girl. Yeah. And so I just decided I wanted to f make my own piece for myself. And the, that first piece was a ceramic design. It's now been adapted into our glass design, but it's called the tangent pipe and it's a, a little staircase design. And I got that made and I guess maybe we're on the same wavelength around that time because I went to a ceramic workshop and I asked the teacher if she could teach me how to make a pipe. <laughs> I feel like that's every art kid in high school. And <laughs> when you learn pottery, like every art kid tries to make a pipe yeah. and tries to pass it off like it's not one. Yeah, mine was a whale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Well, so how did you find the ceramicist? Because so, this isn't just like a pipe for yourself. You knew you wanted to sell this. I knew I wanted to sell it. I knew I wanted to create something for people. And I knew that I had the space with Merge, the storefront. The first concept was going to just be a little cigarette style one hitter. And I wanted to make something for people like me. I'm not packing huge bowls. I'm not smoking a bong. I just needed a little bit before bed. So that was going to be the first design. And I ended up finding a ceramicist in Vancouver, BC that it was such a random find. Was he on board with the cannabis? He, he was so on board, which was really shocking because he was, he was an older gentleman. And it was really interesting though. He would try to get me excited about, oh, maybe you should try this. And then he would send me like an ashtray that was a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, good for you. That's really good. It's so rare to find a manufacturer that is down to clown, is down to mm -hmm. like pitch ideas to you too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it, it does show the excitement and 
obviously the belief in what you're doing. And then you feel like you can have a little bit more freedom with testing things out too, even just testing different glazes and testing different colors, things like that. It definitely felt a little bit more yeah, encouraging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you get this first pipe, you have 50 pipes now. Yeah. So when I was working on the one hitters and then I had come up with the design for the tangent pipe. So at that time, really, my health was really affecting my ability to do any work. And so I really stopped and I learned I really didn't love the production side of the leatherworking. I love the branding. I love building the business. I loved starting the Instagram, doing the imagery. I loved all of those aspects of it. And I just really didn't love sitting there for eight hours, punching holes in leather and sewing things together. And I really admire people that do that. It's just not, it's just not one of my strengths. And it just wasn't something that I wanted to continue to do. I started to let go of good prospects a little bit as I started to explore this new, you know, what laundry day could be. And at the time, still using the storefront space to to sell little crafts. Like I made scrunchies or like zines and mm-hmm. put these. I actually used to have a line of enamel pins. Like <laughs> random. <laughs> Remember the enamel pin movement? It's like t-shirt, enamel pin, stickers. I, I, and I don't mean to like ever cut down anybody who's ever doing enamel pins. I actually think it's so smart to do to learn a little bit about business Mm -hmm. with something that's super easy Mm -hmm. to get into. And if you just Google right now, custom enamel pins, it's so easy to get into that. Yeah. And it's, I, I think it's really encouraging. I think a lot of people are really interested in starting businesses and they have great ideas, but they're really scared to take the jump. And they think that you need $50,000 to sink into a business and, and and invest into all of these different elements. When I really encourage people to, if you just have an idea, just do it, do a small scale version of it, see how it feels, dip your toes. I had no idea what I was doing. I went to school for fashion merchandising. I finished three out of four semesters and that was it. Everything else that I had taught had learned, I taught myself through programs like Skillshare, just Googling things, Facebook or YouTube. And in the beginning for the first two or three years of with good prospects and with merge, I did all the graphic design. I did all of everything. No one taught me how to do any of that stuff. And you can figure it out kind of day by day. You don't need to have all the answers right away. Yeah. I mean, if you can sell 10 products, if you can figure out how to put to make a product, get it shipped Mm -hmm. to market it, get it shipped, even if it's just your family buying it, you're going to learn so much just those first 10 products. Yeah. And I think people feel such a huge pressure for things to look so perfect Mm -hmm. and for things to feel like it's a big company. And I think that's really fun. And I think that's a great path if that's how you want to go about it. But I don't think it's the only path. No. I really believe in dipping your toes and taking those baby steps just to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This episode is sponsored by Planoly. Hey, Carly. Hey, Puno. Long time no see. Yes. I have been on Instagram. (laughs) Haven't we all? Have you ever used Planoly? I have not used Planoly before, but I feel like you're going to tell me about it. We actually use it at I Love Creatives. Again, something else I didn't know. (laughs) I have been using Planoly since 2016. Oh, wow. Long time user, first time sponsor. (laughs) Ain't that right? Here's the reason why I love Planoly. You can actually visually plan out your feed. Oh, nice. Yeah. As opposed to thinking, okay, I'm going to post this tomorrow and then I'm going to post this on Wednesday. 
This way you just drag it and drop it as if you're moving the squares around on your own feed. Honestly, when you're having to push out content all the time, you can use any help you can get. You can say that again. You can use any help you can get. Mm -hmm. But it's not just Instagram. They also support Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Dang, all the socials. All the socials. All right, Puno, I know there's a code coming. Mm -hmm. Lay it on me. You're going to visit planally.com backslash girlboss, and you're going to use the code girlboss for your first month free. That's P-L-A-N-O-L-Y dot com backslash girlboss. That's planally.com slash girlboss with code girlboss in a whole month free. And that is a lot of content that you can get through. There's so many cat photos. So many cat photos. Hi, Vanessa. Hey, what's up? Thanks for having me. I took groove therapy. That's amazing. This is one of the best online courses that I've seen in terms of design and your video as well. That is the coolest thing to hear. I started with a much more budget looking initial course. And then I just thought, let's just do it with better production value and go and think if it just had everything I needed. But most of all, I was able to aesthetically tweak it to my vibe and style. The layout, the colors, the fonts. It just wasn't so template-y. I'm a little bit goofy. Um, in Australia, the word for that is daggy. The branding couldn't be too cool, but also dance needs a rebrand. Even periods have had a rebrand, but dance industry hasn't. So <laughs> there's nothing revolutionary but what I did. It's just that I did it. <laughs> Thank goodness for technology. Am I right? Yeah, <laughs> We can dance wherever we are, whatever time zone. I'm there. Just have a boogie. Yeah. Just press play. I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> More than 50,000 course creators, just like Vanessa, have already used Thinkific to build revenue and educate students worldwide. Thinkific is the number one platform to create and market and sell your own online courses or membership sites. They have revolutionized how individuals earn and learn online by building an all-in-one platform designed for both course creators and their audience. And this podcast is sponsored by Thinkific. The Girlboss community are invited to try Thinkific Pro free for 30 days. So you can start your course creation journey and save $99 by heading to thinkific.com backslash girlboss99. That's T-H-I-N-K-I-F-I-C.com backslash girlboss99. Hey, Carly. Who now? Oh. <laughs> hey, how's it going? It's good, yeah. <laughs> So, um, spoiler alert, I took your Squarespace course and I got to tell you, I was really hesitant starting and I kept waiting to start. But once I had that free trial that you offered, yes, I got so addicted. I just kept messing around. And then before I knew it, my site was actually done. Yes. Yeah. It was awesome. You really just need to get a trial and just mess around. Get in there. Get in there. Yeah. Press all the buttons. Press all the buttons. And if you mess up, and I'm putting that in air quotes, you see me. Yeah, I see you. The quotes are in the air. You know, wah, wah. Yeah. You could just start another trial. Yeah, that's what I love about it. 
if I changed my mind about my aesthetic, which I do, mm-hmm. we all do. I mean, it's so last season. I mean, it's always last season. Yeah. But I could mess with it until it was right, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Yeah. Well, guess what? What? If you go to squarespace.com backslash girl boss, oh. you can get a free trial. Damn. Yeah. And then whenever you're ready to launch, you can use the offer code girl boss mm-hmm. for 10% off your first order. Oh. So I can finally launch this thing. For 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Finally, yes. Yeah. Okay. I know. All right. That 10% is like, you know. It's legit. It's legit. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's a discount. It is a discount. It's actually very helpful. I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. So you've got these 50 pipes. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing that you do? So I've always felt a really big connection to to New York. And at the time, I really needed a bit of a break from Tofino. And so I decided to just spend a month in New York. I was just going to go out there and try to meet people, try to meet different founders of different companies and just spend time there and, and be inspired. And so I get the pipes. I received half of them. I flew with, I don't even know if it's legal. <laughs> pipes? I think it's okay with pipes. I mean, they're incense holders. I wanted to have these this product on me. And the whole week, month that I was in New York, I was starting to build my first website. I had emailed so many female founders. And it was basically just reaching out to say, I have this idea for this product. And we're, I'm in the beginning stages of this. And I really admire what you do. And, you know, it was across the board. It could have been founders of co-working spaces or sexual wellness companies. And the one person that got back to me was Polly Rodriguez, the founder of Unbound. Now Unbound Babes. So what's the ask in the email? Because there always needs to be some kind of ask where Mm -hmm. people are like, what do I do with this? Right. I think at the time, I just wanted to meet and pick their brains. So whoever I was reaching out to, there was a reason why I wanted to meet them. And... But you didn't just say, can I pick your brain? I think I just, I want to, I really admire you and I would love to learn more about you and how you started your business. Mm -hmm. I think that was the the broad idea. And I told him about myself. So this is, this is something that I'm working on. I'm working on, I have this new idea and I would love to learn more about how you got to where you are today because I was just, I was so fresh and I was just starting out and I didn't have any role models in my life or anyone to really look up to that was doing anything to the scale that these founders were doing. I really admire the small businesses that are in the local communities that I've lived in. But I've already I've always felt this polar. I just knew there was something that was maybe a little bit bigger for how I had imagined a business if I were growing this new business. And initially when I had reached out to Polly, the founder of Unbound, I felt a connection with her sexual wellness company. I think that it is a, a male-dominated industry. It's stigmatized. It's something that women have never really been a part of the making of, yet we're consuming the products. And so I definitely felt really aligned with her. And she was actually like one of the only people that responded to me. And in very New York fashion, we made it a meeting. And the day before our meeting, she messages me. We were supposed to have drinks later in the evening. And the day before she's, oh, can we meet at 7 a.m.? I had just landed the night before. I hadn't even gotten used to New York yet. Like it was just like such a, the energy was just so there and so (laughs) nerve wracking. Yeah. And I, yeah, like you're here, you're doing this. And Mm -hmm. it's something that like, I've dealt with a lot of anxiety in my life. And that was something that 
I gave me so much anxiety, but I've always told myself, you're never going to miss an experience because of your anxiety. You have to push through it. Mm. And so I just, I made my way there and I couldn't find the office and I was late and, but I made it work and I got in there and we sat down and I just was so grateful to hear about her story and everything that she had been through. And she looked at my product and was the first person to just tell it to me straight that what you have here is something a lot bigger than you just selling it in your store. You have a story that people connect to. You are selling something that people want and people need. And this is way bigger than I think you even realize. And she then made me like present my product to her team. And I was like, <laughs> wow, what a this mentor. Is, yeah, it was like so nerve And I had no experience in business. Everything I had done was just really crafty and just making it work. And I feel so grateful for that's what those are moments that moment I will never forget. It sounds really validating. I had no idea that's what I needed to hear. I had no idea whatever someone would ever tell me that and encourage me to pursue this different level, this different scale of business. And it was really validating. And I just hope that I can be that for someone one day because that she could have maybe never even think about it again. But that moment definitely changed my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. You got that information. You have these pipes in New York. What else did you do that day or that week, that trip? I think I just spent the rest of that time building my Squarespace website. It was like my first web. I have built every website platform <laughs> from scratch. <laughs> like I didn't know you started on Squarespace. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just like so pretty, so easy to use. And it was a really good beginner website, especially not having a ton of volume. It was a good starting point. And so my focus was like, how do I build this brand and start this Instagram? And, and I just spent the month there just being inspired and sitting in coffee shops and working on my stuff and yeah, continuing to try to meet new people and just talk about product and get people's feedback. And yeah. Did you have branding before you reached out to people? I didn't have the photos and I didn't have the product until I landed in New York. I had a logo. But when you were showing her, you showed her the pipe mm -hmm. and you showed her... I showed her the pipe I got lit like two days before my flight. So I had it, I had a few, I think half of the order had arrived and I brought it with me. So I brought the pipe and I had planned this little box. So it was like, I had a little label on it. When you opened it, it came with a really cute little pouch, pipe cleaners, how to use it. It was like, it was very DIY. Yeah. Definitely we've come far since then, but yeah, it was, I had ready to present to anyone who would look at it. And I do think that's important mm -hmm. to show how far you've already taken something and having a prototype, having a logo a little bit, even if it's just a mood board of the direction that you're going. I feel like anytime someone reaches out to me, if they don't have all of those pieces yet, it's very hard for me to think oh, I'm going to give you advice and it's going to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. I honestly am just like, yo, you have so much work you need to do first. Yeah. Before what I can help you with or before I can give you any actual advice. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that it just shows, it shows your drive and your motivation and it shows your vision. And I think especially when you're working with a product or a brand or just a concept that's out of the box at this time, this wasn't really being explored and trying to explain it to people based on what the imagery surrounding cannabis and cannabis products had previously been, you better believe you need to show up with, no, this is exactly what I want it to look like, or this is exactly the feel I want to have. We're stepping away from everything that's existed previously. Mm -hmm. I think that was really important to have that. So you have this website on Squarespace. How did you sell the first 50? 
I think that a lot of the sales were coming through Etsy and I'm selling in store. So in my, in my retail store, and one, one really amazing aspect of that is that I was able to see real time responses from people who didn't know it was my product. Mm. So people picking them up on the shelf and actually hearing feedback from them. Typically it was great feedback. And then you would get, it's good to hear. It's good to hear what people think. If nine out of 10 people think it's really awesome. And then one guy picks this up and goes $60. Okay. I get that's, I'm hearing feedback. That's not that maybe that's not my customer, but that's something that's someone thinks about my product. Sure. And so it was good to get all the feedback from having it in the space. Okay. So now did you re-up your order with the ceramicists? So I think my first order was maybe 50 pipes. And then my next order, I think was a hundred. I think after that it was like 200, just upping it every time. And throughout that process as well, not just selling online or direct to the store, I was doing a ton of outreach. So I would spend hours on Instagram saving stores, finding really cool retail shops all over and just saving them. And then I would spend days collecting all their emails. And then I would send out personalized emails, just telling them about the brand and about the concept. And again, at this time, no one was talking about it. It was still so hush, hush, taboo. Like there wasn't CBD and everything. It was like a very different product to be approaching really cute little retail boutiques with. And either the responses are, oh, this is not a category we are interested in purchasing or people were just so excited about it. And it was a little bit of a struggle to get into those retail stores. And it was something that I got really frustrated with because I know their customer wants Mm -hmm. this. I know that this is a place it needs to be found in. And throughout that time, I was getting little wholesale orders here and there, maybe selling five, 10, 20 at a time, which would then allow me to be able to purchase that next round of maybe the 200 and Mm -hmm. start saving for that. So when did you go into glass? We had the ceramic design for maybe about a year and I really wanted to work with glass. I feel like a couple of years ago, glass was having a bit of a moment too. Like it was coming back into style and into decor. And I really thought the, the material was beautiful. And I also just really love the way that glass smokes and there were no glass products or glass pipes that looked the way I wanted it to look. Also, ceramics was the first material I chose to work with because it's easy to produce. Whereas glass, it was so foreign to me. Glass blowing is such a beautiful craft and it's something that was so maybe a little bit unapproachable to me. Didn't even know where to begin with that, but I knew I wanted to create this design and the first glass design that I wanted to create was the Hudson pipe. So it was a disc shape. My inspiration for it was basically what the typical, very phallic shaped pipe looks like. Mm -hmm. It's got a stem and a big kind of bulky head at the end of it. I wanted to eliminate the stem. (laughs) (laughs) So it's more like a vagina. It's more of a vagina (laughs) than a penis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're trying to do here at Laundry Days. Eliminate the stem. (laughs) Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And there's obviously function to it, but it doesn't have to be that way. And so I used Etsy to source, reach out to glass blowers. You know, that is actually a great hack Mm -hmm. to look for manufacturers or to find small places you can do small runs Mm -hmm. is on Etsy. Etsy. And and it's all mostly U.S. too, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Yeah. Etsy was a great place to start those conversations. And then I ended up finding a Canadian glass blower to make our first run of them. And I just found him through Googling. I used to spend hours and I I would get home from work and I would sit on my computer until midnight, just researching things, looking things up, emailing people. 
asking, can you do this? Can you do that? Hours and hours. And I found this one glassblower who was really excited to work together. And we did our first run and I loved them so much that I was laundry day's glass now. This is where we're going. They were so beautiful and the function of the glass, they're so much easier to clean and they're so smooth. Everything clicked and being able to have this visual experience as well while you're using it, seeing the smoke billow inside and everything about it just became so much more of a moment while you're using the piece. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted to continue with that medium. Ooh. So then what was the evolution you had? You just did the Hudson first or did you do multiple? So the Hudson we did first with this first run. When you're saying we, it's just me, (laughs) (laughs) literally just me. And it's just been me for three years up until this past March. And were you bootstrapping? Like, did you have another job? I worked a at front desk at a resort. And so I was also working in the store and the store started generating enough income for us to actually be there. So that was great. I also was a server at the time. So I was serving at a restaurant in the evenings and I was doing all of this brand building on the side. So there was, it was a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. A lot of side hustle. Yeah. Okay. So in the kind of evolution of the business, the next kind of stage was after I got the glass done and I had sent off photos to a really talented photographer who just seeing everything come to life is what makes it so real. So getting the product, that's so exciting. And then getting the photos, that's the next big thing. And then being able to start building this on Instagram and getting community involved like that, all starting to see it become real was something that just kept me pushing for the next steps. I knew that for this new piece, I needed to design packaging, the packaging I always wanted it to have um, so that it could ship well, so that it could be um, displayed in storefronts. And in order to do that, I needed to design a package that was beautiful and eye-catching and it needed to have something to sit in so that it didn't break in transit. And so it had this little foam insert, it had this PVC sleeve on it. But the reason I wanted to do that was, yeah, it was initially more retail focused. I wanted it to sit in a store and look like it belonged. Mm-hmm. And then you could pick it up and there's instructions on it. You don't have to ask if you feel shy asking. You can read about it on it. It was something that just looked, even if you didn't know what it was, the brand looked familiar. Mm-hmm. You're like, what? This is approachable. What's this fun thing? So that was the next step was like, how can I just get the message across a little further for what I'm trying to to do here? Mm-hmm. So I designed the first boxes all myself and I look back now and I don't cringe. Like they're not bad, but it's just, you can oh, cringe she a was little. so young. <laughs> what was cringy or what was rookie about it? Oh my God. There's so many things. I, I guess it's a pretty impressive for it, looking back at the time, having no experience, but it, I'm not a graphic designer. And that is such a skill that I think can be undervalued to someone who doesn't understand branding. Mm-hmm. graphic design is so important mm-hmm. and so I look at it and I'm just like she's not a designer what was she doing but yeah that that was my first I, I think I found a supplier I worked again for months and months to find someone who would be willing to do a minimum order that's I ended I think it was 2,000 units was my first for the sleeve that went on the packaging and I only owned 50 pipes yeah. so I was living in packaging in my house it was just boxes and boxes of packaging everywhere And I just, that was just what I had to do. And I think this was also around the time that like direct to consumer brands were starting, that was starting to become Mm -hmm. the thing. That's every, packaging was so important. Customer experience was so important. And it was something that was drawing me in, like getting a Glossier box and just 
I would just keep the boxes because it was just such an experience. And I knew that is a direction that I wanted to take. When you were having to figure out how to design the packaging, did you just find a designer or? No, I just did it. Oh, the first one. Yeah. So in school, one of the classes that was a part of my program was just like an introduction to Illustrator and Photoshop. And I kid you not, I just sat in that class and photoshopped photos of my friends and would just send it to them. <laughs> That's how you learn. That's how you learn. Exactly. <laughs> and I, at the time I was like, ah, I didn't think I really got much from the program that I had in school, but those skills, those bare bones skills that I learned, they've, I use, I use Illustrator like every day now. I feel like this is right around the time this is when, when we, we met. met. Yeah. So when we started talking, I reached out to you because I had found you on Instagram. I think I found Wadib. Wadib. <laughs> you found Wadib? Where is she? So my cat Wadib has an Instagram oh, account. I can't. So Wadib, I just, my jaw hit the floor when I saw her. And I actually really wanted to collaborate because With Wadib, my cat, not with me. With the cat. <laughs> because Puno dresses this cat up in amazing outfits uh-huh. and wigs and props. And I just remember seeing this and being like, what a star. <laughs> You're like a dance mom. It's so good. And three, two, one. And she just takes it. She so loves it. She loves it. Yeah. And so I just, I was like, okay, like laundry days imagery is, I like to think that we're like, we're fun. It's just about encouraging you to take care of yourself and take time, a time out. But there was just something about Madi that I'm like, she embodies laundry day. <laughs> <laughs> and so I yeah I reached out and I think my email to you was just gushing over your cat yes and I was like oh thank you so much <laughs> for all of our hard work <laughs> it's finally being recognized yeah and also I at the time I was also being more vocal too about smoking and so I just was really intrigued you already had your website yeah this was pre-packaging though Mm-hmm. I remember this was but right I, before. Yeah. You- and I think at this point we did have, we had been working with PR though. So I think we had some like really good imagery. We had the storytelling going on. Like, I think you could, you could pick up what we were putting down. You know what I, I will say too, you did reach out and you're like, Hey, I was wondering if you would be down to take some photos. I, I just want to point out two things. One, you were incredibly genuine so that was huge. And you knew about me. You knew about Maudib. It wasn't like just some, hey, can you take photos? Mm-hmm. You also didn't require us to post, mm-hmm. which is always like this weird thing about like other companies. You don't know. You don't know much about. You don't know how much money they have, basically. And you're like, can I make money from this? And then the third thing was you offered to pay. So I feel like that is, it wasn't a lot. I think it was like. I think I might've offered to pay, but yeah, I think the budget was pretty small. It was pretty small. It was like, I think it was like 300 or Mm -hmm. 500 or something. And can you, and that's the thing. If you can't get a photo shoot for $300. No. You can't. And I was so grateful that you were interested. And I think that everything that Laundry Day has done and has built up to this point or for the first few years was all collaborative. Every photographer, every designer, every person that has helped make it happen, I it wouldn't be where it is without that. So then we met and we started taking photos. Oh, Mwadib took these photos. 
like you're in them too they're so good they're so-, <laughs> so they're just like my wearing outfits with pipes around her and they got reposted by l magazine yeah. they were like everywhere it was just this fun collaboration and it was yeah it was so fun working with you and you had been helping me with people map you had been helping me organize an influencer campaign uh, gifting campaign mm-hmm. so using your platform you had sent me a bunch of like screen recordings and videos this is how you use this app and you can integrate it here and this is how you can communicate i'd spent months getting maybe 50 to 70 different emails of people coordinating we have a new product coming out we'd love to send you something and, and still remaining really genuine and working with people and having them understand i don't have a paid budget for for posts, paying $1,000 for someone to post on their feed. I don't have that. And so finding people who genuinely believed in what the brand was doing and just excited about this fun product and wanting to share it and wanting to work together. And so spending this time building that and then our product arrives and we send everything out and quarantine hit. And that was March, 2020. And as soon as lock, like lockdown hit, that week, every influencer got their boxes and every person who got gifted Get got their boxes. out. That wasn't planned. Like we didn't, lockdown's coming, let's send people stuff. Well, we had no idea. I want to backtrack a little bit because I think influencer gifting, sometimes people don't really understand it. And I'm trying to give context about why we, you even went there. Because mm-hmm. I remember you reached out to me and you were like, hey, I have this pop-up thing that I could do. And you're like, it's going to be, I don't know, it was like 500 bucks or something like that. And uh, I remember at that time being like, dude, you really need to do influencer because in my mind, I think it's so cool. Like the, the piece is so dope. And there are now influencers that are open to sharing that they smoke on it. And we already had known cannabis on paid ads is iffy, even though you're adjacent. So I just was like, you don't really have that much to just go hard on paid yet. And I just felt like you're, I think some people just have products that are just made for influencer gifting. And I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I wanted to show you two things that helped me. I used to have this company called People Map, rest in peace. <laughs> but it would help you find influencers, which anybody can do themselves, today still. It's, it basically just made it faster to do what you already do, which is going down rabbit holes and finding people and putting it on a list. Mm -hmm. It just did that, but a little bit more efficient. I was just like, okay, take this list or like find your, I don't know, hundred, 200 people that you want to reach out to and just already assume that a good amount of them aren't going to respond. I think that's like the other thing that people don't realize is that at the end of the day, it's a percentage. Businesses are based off of percentages. You can't just think, I'm going to reach out to this influencer and it's going to change my life. And if they don't answer, I think a lot of people get discouraged. And it's that's actually great because that person wasn't excited. Exactly. <laughs> they might have said yes and then like never posted about it. or yeah. But I think that a lot of people get discouraged in so many different steps of the process and that can be one of them. But yeah, just accept that that's the way it's going to be and you reach out to 200 people and you might only hear back from 10 of them. Great. Those 10 people are going to be so stoked to support you. So March happens for this gifting campaign. So our store stocked up. This should probably last us probably to the end of the year. This is the biggest order we'd ever done. 
and we had the new tangent pipe this in in the glass we had just released it in glass and i was really excited about that and everything went out and everything blew up after that i remember you sent me a text message of a shit ton of shipping labels oh yeah <laughs> i mentioned before that it was just myself for the first 3 years so up until march 2020 i was answering every customer service email i was doing all the coordination of production and designing products and hiring photographers doing all of that kind of um coordination but also shipping every single box and we're out of shipping boxes ordering that and i was doing every single thing myself social media everything and up until that point i was like it was fine because business was good but it wasn't crazy i i could manage it and then all of a sudden it went from maybe there was 10 orders in a week to 20 a day <laughs> wow yeah That's crazy. Crazy. And do you think it was all because of the influencer gifting that like I think it all happened at the same time. Yeah, I think I believe everything happens for a reason. I believe a lot in timing and I think that all of that happened to happen at the same time, but also I think that our brand presence was getting a lot stronger and I think our community was really building and I think people were just spending so much time at home surrounded by their things. I think that people were smoking a lot more weed and really needing an excuse to unwind and relax and shut off. There was so much stuff happening in the world and people just needed to relax and I think that's a big reason people use cannabis. That's why I use cannabis and I think that that had a lot to do with it. People also were just buying. I know I was online shopping like crazy. I was just bored. And mm -hmm. I think also you spend years and years building community and sometimes it can feel like you're just screaming into the ether and you're like can anybody hear me? And then I just think that it was just in front of people all of a sudden. And the people that actually were listening and maybe were too busy to just sit down and actually make that purchase or buy something for their friend or whatever it might have been. they were there the whole time but they were like now they're showing up mm -hmm. and so that was like a really rewarding thing to see and then i think within 2 months of 2 or 3 months uh, we hired our first employee uh, her name is also victoria love that <laughs> <laughs> and she is our office assistant so she does all of our packing fulfilling all of our orders it's so amazing how honestly it's it's been a year here since mm -hmm. it got you just started selling a ton a day was there was it everything you thought it would be in a way or yeah is it been yeah. easier because you cuz you bootstrapped it or i think that bootstrapping is really exciting because every single thing that's happened you made happen so every part of it is really rewarding and i think that it can be a little stressful when you feel pressure to grow really big really fast because you you can't necessarily make that happen right away and if you're you have to have patience yeah. you can't be impatient and bootstrap i don't think absolutely <laughs> not it takes a little bit longer but you have a lot more control and i think that getting to this point now i think our growth was around 600% in the last year and getting to this point now where i feel like i actually have a real team i feel like i can start to actually envision a future for the brand it feels like it's becoming what i've always wanted it to be 
and that's by surrounding myself with people who are better than me at what they do mm -hmm. and not having to be pseudo graphic designer or try to get a Facebook ad approved and not figure it out. Paying people that actually are good at, at doing those things. It's really rewarding to be able to delegate and just see things happen mm -hmm. and see it done well and to be able to evaluate the business from a different lens instead of having to be in every single aspect of it. And I feel like I have a lot more freedom to see bigger picture. Mm -hmm. We're definitely not there yet. I'm still doing way too much by myself. And I think the next step is to find a co-founder. I would love that. But for right now, it's been an amazing journey this whole year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At Girl Boss, what we're trying to do is we're trying to redefine what success means. So has your definition of success changed? Yeah. I think so. I think that to me, success is loving what you're doing every single day and like wanting to get up and continue to do it. And also being able to build a life for yourself that you want. So being able to wake up I and, and have freedom. I think success is freedom. So being able to wake up knowing I have a lot of things I need to do, but deciding, listening to my body today, and maybe I need to, the first thing I need to do is go for a hike or go for a run or sleep in if that's what I need to do. And having the freedom to make that decision for myself and then get my work done. I think that is a lot to do with success and being able to work with other people that inspire me. I think that before I might have viewed success as just money. It's make money. But now I think it's a lot more about the lifestyle you get to live and the people that you get to surround yourself by and or surround yourself with and also be able to support other people. So working with people who are really excited to work with you and you get to let them shine too, I think is really rewarding as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for a business that's just getting into influencer gifting, any advice? Be yourself when you're reaching out to them. I think be genuine. And I think that there's a weird stigma around the word influencer. And I think that you need to first connect with and understand who your audience is before you even start reaching out to people who are supposed to be representing you in that way. But I think in the last campaign we did, I chose every person and I went on their profiles and there were people that I just thought they were great people and I loved their aesthetic and I thought they had great conversations going and they didn't have to have 200,000 followers. They were just good people that I knew would support what we we're doing. And so I think building a genuine relationship with the people you're working with, you're an, a, a content creator. I, I like to use the word content creator, <laughs> but you are. It's like, how do you feel when people reach out to you and they just want your followers? It's definitely, I think a good example email is, Hey, Puno, I saw that you did this post, if you want to get that specific. Mm -hmm. And it's so great because of this. And I have this company that does this. And I feel like your perspective on this would be great. You can't do that as a canned email. No. If you have at least that, I'm listening. Mm -hmm. If you just have, hey, Puno, I'm going to send you this thing, then you're either banking on your business's already got a brand and you're, and it's well known and that's fine. But if you aren't, you need to do a little bit more work. Yeah. And I think for us, at least we've also communicated, like we just like you and we want to send you something. If you'd like to share it, that would be great. And obviously there is an exchange and it is a business exchange in a way, but I also think that not putting a certain amount of pressure on someone to be like, we need three posts in exchange for, you know, especially if you're not paying for, if you're, if it's just gifting you, I, I just want whoever we're gifting it to, 
if you really love it, post about it. Yep. And I think when you're being genuine in your communication, I think that comes across. And I think that they just want to support that. They can see that. I, that's my approach to it. I don't know. I don't know how other companies would approach that. That's the way we've gone about it. And I love the people that we get to work with. I feel really fortunate about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that if you are going to do paid, you need to, like you have, if you're not going to do paid, there has to be this level of, you don't have to post if you don't want to. But I, I think that it just really depends. And not every influencer not every content creator is the same and every content creator is busy mm-hmm. or might be in a different place. So for example, for me, when I'm really busy, I just have no patience to like do anything. Cause I just don't have time. But if you get me in like a good moment, then I'm like very generous. <laughs> yeah. Just look at her stories to see when she's in a good mood. <laughs> then send her an email. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that you reached out that one time. Yeah. And that, thanks for answering. This is great. What is it like three years? Three years later. But that's, I think with our relationship, I just think that found, other founders or in, in business owners can just lift each other up so much, even if it's just through advice, even if it's just through a DM and supporting someone, you see a story and you just send them a DM and just let them know that you feel seen by something that they've you know, posted or whatever that is. And just spending 15 minutes or 20 minutes on a phone call, just meeting each other, I think is so huge. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, I'm just so fortunate to have met you. I feel like, yeah, just so grateful you've given me so much. This year would not have happened without your help. Well, thanks again so much. Thank you. Can I pet your cat now? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you've been you just been petting her this whole time. Okay, and see. Want to learn more about Laundry Day? Check out their Instagram at laundryday.co or their website laundryday.co. And you can use the code GIRLBOSS for 15% off. Dude, that's a lot. That's a lot of percentages off. So check it out. We also have links in our show notes at girlboss.com backslash podcast. And the best way that you can support Girlboss Radio is by subscribing to this podcast. Mm -hmm. And if you're really loving this episode, we would love a review. There's a hardworking team behind the scenes And those reviews really warm our hearts and our creative juices. I mean, our love language is words of affirmation, but like whose isn't? (laughs) Who doesn't love that? And don't forget to peek at our newsletter, the Girl Boss Daily. There's so much goodness packed in there from what's going on in the news to what is that funny thing that everybody is laughing at? We even spotlight female-founded businesses, and there's just a ton of great books and music and jobs. It's just super cute, and there's a lot in there, so make sure to subscribe. Girlboss Radio is a production of I Love Creative Studio, original music composed by Nija. This episode was produced by Emily Van Bergen, Christopher Olin, and engineered by Vinay Shaw. V-Fresh? Our editorial director is Clemence, and special thanks to Taylor, Nora Agency, and Kaylee. All right, until next week, Pudo out.